0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: James 1, 7. For For let not that man think... We'll come back to that verse. It's amazing what we think. I do this, God has to do this. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And here's our text verse tonight. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There are 25 days that remain in this calendar year. In 25 days we will... Close out 2020 and we'll enter into 2021. When we get into 2021, there'll be days that, in those 365 days we live and the Lord tarries, there'll be some days where you have such laughter and fun and happiness and joy and smiling. And in those days, there will literally be days of hurt and tears and sorrow. Perhaps we're uh, sitting next to someone tonight in a car or in the tents or outside or you're watching online. And perhaps it'll be the year we say goodbye to the dearest on earth to you. Perhaps next Christmas it'll be different than this Christmas. And I want you to know there will be happiness, but there undoubtedly will be tears as well. It will be a year of great advancements, and you'll go forward, and there'll be a year of setbacks and adversity. It'll be a year, 365 days of success, and it will be a year of failure. It'll be a year of strengths, and it will be a year of weakness. Therefore, right now, tonight, 25 days before the end of the year, we must make some decisions on 2021. Years ago, I began to preach a a truth around here. and We've kept it alive all these years. You always decide before you must decide. You decide before you must decide so that when adversity comes, you've made the decision, I'm not quitting on God. I'm not giving up. I'm not blaming. I'm not attacking. I will be responsible. And so we must decide for 2021. My prayer in my own personal life is if I live, I live to December 31st, 2021, I want to be able to look back that I'm hopefully more godly, more Christ-like, more devoted, more dedicated, more enthusiastic than the things of God, more victory. I pray that I can look back a year from now that God did more in my life, through my life, than at any other time in my life. Many Christians, however, are gonna a year from now be in the same point where some were are are tonight as a result of COVID. Every church in America, let me go back to the word. I don't like to use the word every. Every church in America has lost people that a year ago were going to church. They have quit. They're no longer interested in teaching Sunday school are running a bus, or singing in the choir, are tithing. Many of those have become judgmental and hateful. Others of those just quit and abandoned God. I want you to know that I'm so thankful God never has abandoned us. He has been faithful to us. God gives us a verse on this close of 2020 in verse number 8 for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That word double-minded is found also in chapter four, verse eight, you can see it there for yourself. Double-minded, two-minded, a dual mind. Literally, it means when you divide the mind, you're gonna to have to decide, and I'm gonna to have to decide what mind is going to govern our life. And it cannot be both. You'll have to decide. We allow it to be both. We might allow it to be a spiritual mind and a carnal mind, a right mind and a wrong mind. It might be a positive mind and a negative mind. You can get very positive, you can get very negative. It might be a holy mind and an unholy mind. It might be a spirit-filled mind and a flesh-filled mind. It might be a true mind or a false mind and you can have them both. It might, be, it might be that it's a real, you're a real person, a real godly person, but it could be also that you're a real fake and a real phony, and it will be revealed in time. For a double-minded man, a two-minded man, a divided man is unstable in all his ways. It might be, yes, you're filled with the Spirit, but then you're empty of the Spirit. It might be you're heavenly-minded, and then you're earthly-minded. It might be you're positive, but then you're negative. It might be that you're happy, and then you're sad. I want you to know that God never intended to man to live that way. That's being double-minded, two-minded. God says a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. We have one foot with God and one foot in the world, one foot with God, one foot with the flesh, and all of that will bring destruction to our life. And then generally, what happens? we blame everybody for it. We blame God. God, why'd you do this to me? We blame our parents. we blame our mates, we blame our children, we blame our, our church. we blame Christianity. we blame fundamentalism. Because we're cowardly and we don't, we do not rise up and say. It's not the church, it's not my parents, it's not my siblings, it's not my teacher, it's me that's standing in the need of prayer. Stop blaming everyone for the decisions you have made. That's a double-minded man. God's desire is that we be single-minded. This one thing I do. God wants us to get focused on this one thing I do. How about for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain? That's single minded. How about what the psalmist said in Psalm 27, verse 4? One thing, one thing I have desired, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what the scripture says in Matthew 6 Seek ye first. That's being single minded. A double-minded man, key word, is unstable. What's the word stable? Stable means one who is steady, one who is firm, one who does not fall, does not cave, does not quit, does not run. Instability is a lack of firmness. Instability tonight is a tendency to behave Unpredictable. Instability is emotional. Instability is not grounded. Look at the verse, read it with me. Ready, begin. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. As James, who is a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is in very difficult situation, James writes and he compares two things. Verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, joy and trials. But he said you can deal with that. You can have joy in the midst of trial. He said in verse uh, number, verse number uh, three, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience is endurance. And he says you can have you can have trying and endurance. You can have joy and trials. Uh, You can have wisdom in verse number five and you can can like it and it shall be given to you. Then we get nearly to our text and we're in verse number seven. For let not that man think that he should receive anything of the Lord. Why have we come to the point where we believe God owes us something? I've taught Sunday school, someone says, for 10 years. And now I'm going through the trial of my faith. And James is saying, you don't attack God when you go through the trial of your faith. You're unstable. When you have an adversity, the trial of your faith, and you come to God and say, I drove a bus for seven years. Look what happened to me. I went to Christian school. And look at the troubles I'm having in my life. And we attack God. That's exactly what verse seven means. God doesn't owe us anything. God doesn't need to pay us back with only good because I went to Christian school or I went to Sunday school or I drove the bus or I taught the class or I was a deacon or I was a pastor of the church for X amount of years. God does not owe us anything. Anything. The problem is not God when we have adversity. The problem is not God when we have a lack of wisdom. Verse 6 But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You're not going to receive anything because of what you did. You didn't do it for God, then you You did it for yourself. How tragic it is to preach a message that magnifies ourselves or sing a song, or serve a God in any capacity. I gave that how many times in 45 years knocking on doors. I gave to my church every single week and they talk about their money, I quit on it. I'm not going back. There's always a root problem and the root problem is with the voice that's speaking. Because we somehow think that God owes us something. I don't know what 2021 is gonna bring into my life, nor do you, but I hope that I don't try to hold God hostage, that he owes me after all I've done for him. I gave up fame and fortune, I'm worth a lot to thee. And then he said, take up thy cross and follow me. I don't have anything to offer God. The Bible says, oh wretched man that I am. My reaction, of my troubles in life is really a revealer of who I really am. God's word talks about the four soils in Matthew 13. And in Matthew 13 and verse 21, he speaks of the fact that this soil, the person dureth for a while. He stays with it for a while and then quits. You know, for 40 years about, I preach somewhere almost every week and I'll tell you one of the thrills that I would see as I'd go back to the same church a year later. This year that I was there, they were having such great success in their business or their lives. And the next year or two or five, I went back and the whole world was turned upside down. Bobby Robertson's church was a large church. It was the only church I preached to Revival in generally every year, Saturday through Wednesday, I'd never be gone to preach in another church on Sunday, unless my father-in-law, of course, would call. But other than that, it's the only church I went to. But I began to know those people through the evening prayer meetings before every service. I get to know the men and for fellowship with them, and Brother Robertson and his wife, and then Brother Robertson, after his wife went home, we'd go to members' homes for dinner and fellowship with those dear sweet people. And I'd watch men. I think of one man he might be watching right now. But I think of how many men said, Brother Trevor, you pray, if you will, for my grandson. You pray for my granddaughter. They grew up at Gospel Light, they went to the school. They're involved in drugs now. But I watch an old grandfather, that dear old sweet old grandmother, with tears streaming down their face. You pray for my son. He came to college, came to school here. And he and his wife just divorced and there's another woman in his life. There's another man in her life. And they'd weep. And yet they still went to the house of God. They ran their bus. They sang in the choir. They still served in the church. What a testament they were to my young life when I was preaching at that church and watching people with sorrow. They were not double-minded. God says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I want you to know, young staff, and I have some that have been with me for years. We have many young staff, and God bless you, you brought such an inspiration to this church. By the time you get to the end of the journey, if you live an old life, an aged life, and our Lord carries, you're gonna find that the greatest struggle you're gonna have that will defeat you so often is yourself. And sometimes I've watched men get so discouraged with themselves, they quit the ministry. I've watched almost everybody, and everybody in life has a window or a time where you have a difficulty in your marriage. I've watched men quit the ministry over the fact that my marriage is struggling. I've watched people raise a family, do a good job, and then the child breaks the preacher's heart, breaks the mama's heart, and they leave the ministry because my own kids failed me and failed God. I've watched people, pastors, that have left the ministry because they are so severely betrayed by people that love them so very much. I've watched men leave the ministry because they were attacked And just got so, I think of one of the greatest preachers I've ever met and a great preacher, but he just all of a sudden was under a huge attack and it just kept coming and kept coming. And he finally said, Brother Cheever, I'm done. And he did leave the ministry. I want you to know, everybody faces problems. But I tell you what, I admire that man that battles himself and battles sometimes through a marriage or battles parenting or betrayal of friends or attack of others and he just stays in the journey faithful unto death. God doesn't want us wavering. God doesn't want us wavering by the fashion of the day, by the philosophy of the hour, by the popularity of the moment. God wants us to be stable, anchored, firm, dedicated, down deep that we're in this thing. So when I, I'm single, I'm X amount of years old, and i'm not married so i think what i'm going to do i'm going to go try the world i'm not married i want to be married so i think i'm going to go to another church i'm not married i want to be at a church so i'm going to mate so i'm going to advertise online i'm available but what you just done you have divided your mind a double minded man is unstable and you're not just unstable in some of your ways, you're unstable in all your ways. When the mind gets, I gotta find a wife, gotta find a wife, I need a wife, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll go on a hunt, I'll find her, I've gotta find her. Ms. Treber always reminded our class through the years that Abe, Adam never went hunting for a wife, God brought him one. God can bring you a husband, God can bring you a wife. God can bring you a child if that's his desire in your life. God can do anything, but don't quit on God and get antagonistic toward God and think God owes you something and your mind is so defeated. It's this, it's this, it's this. Stability, stability in an unstable world. Quickly, number one, let's dethrone ourselves in these next 25 days and lift him up. One of the verses God's given to me early in this year was John three thirty. I must decrease. He must increase. My suggestion, Jack Trevor and all of us, if we're gonna be stable in an unstable world, dethrone self. Dethrone self. Two, may I suggest this? In these next 20 day, 25 days, Moving into a new calendar year, get very close to God. Get very close to God. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Be not conformed. He, uh, 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 Paul says over there in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world. Don't be squeezed in this world. Be conformed unto Christ that I may know Christ. Get close to God. Talk to Him. Confess to Him. Humble before Him. Some of our politicians are way out of bounds. But I've claimed the fact that God knows how to humble us in our pride. He will always bring down the proud, the proud. He'll reduce the proud. He'll do what he needs to do in his time. My job is not so much to spend time with who has to be dethroned. I must be dethroned. He must increase. I must get close to God. Thirdly, as we want to live stable, verbalize your conviction. One of the great tragedies of the generation that we're producing is young men. Many young men graduate from Bible college, they love God, and they love holiness, and they love conviction, but they won't identify what that means, and they won't say it. And once you don't say it, You're all over the map and you become double-minded so you could be this or this. I'm grateful for this great church. We made a choice prior before I ever came here. I wrote you 13 things with those 22 people that met us, including the nursery. This is the Bible we're going to use in this church to the day I die. It's called the King James Version of the Bible. We're going to have you be faithful to God's house if you're a worker Church members, they can choose what they want, but if you're a worker in the Sunday school, bus ministry, you're gonna attend Sunday school Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, not hit and miss. That's part of the deal of being a leader in this church. Men are gonna dress like men, and women are gonna dress like women, and you'll be able to know who they are without having a doctor give you a physical. This thing of men now dressing in dresses, I told our church years ago it was gonna happen. I told this church it was gonna happen. And now in the magazines of our society in America, they're putting men in dresses. And the media and the Hollywood crowd think it's great. It's wonderful. Why don't you put a dress on a woman, and see how great it is. We're reversing everything in society. It's getting quiet in here now. I believe you ought to verbalize what you, I put it down and I believe it. A man must have his hair short, short uh, cut and off his ears. I put that down 13 years ago and now that I have no hair, I want every man to shave his head. That's gonna go over, no, 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 that's gonna go online, someone's gonna say it, I know it right now. You know what he said tonight? God bless you. Number four become single minded this one thing i do this one thing in your christian life in our marriages in your businesses stop getting so sidetracked this one thing i do stay with that which god has blessed get your eye focused on it i know as a preacher Our year has been interrupted a lot with door-to-door, though we're still getting Bibles to every person in this city. We're at 88% of the 130,000 people in this city have received a Bible. We'll finish it up in the next two weeks. But I'll tell you what, one of the things I've had to work on my entire ministry is get out of the office and knock on doors and visit people and talk to people. I've had to get out of the office and go to the cemetery and walk with God and pray in the cemetery and seek God and it's still closed, I can't get in. And I go out to the salt flats and it's still closed, I can't get in and I walk on the salt flats, I ride a bicycle on the salt flats to meet with God and pray, I tell you what, that that is something that's so very important, becoming single-minded. I don't wanna be a marketing pastor I want to be a praying pastor, a preaching pastor, a publishing pastor of the good news of Jesus Christ and his hope of eternal life through, his, through himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. If we don't look to him, we'll be unstable. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto him. Number six, I'm done. Keep your eye on the Goal. Keep your eye on the goal all year long. I press toward the mark of the prize. I press toward the mark, the goal. Keep on moving. There are 25 days that remain. I know a young man who is in his summer year of high school as a sophomore. I was that young man I loved my parents so much. I loved my pastor and his wife. I loved our church. I loved the youth group. I loved our choir. we never heard of a Christian school, I loved, but I loved everything. I loved church. I loved it. Then on Monday morning, I'd go to the public school, a large high school nearby here. Everyone knew I went to Sunday school and church because, quite frankly, even in public school, The Nazarenes went, the Presbyterians went, the Lutherans went, the Catholics went to church. Gas stations were not open on Sunday in this area. and Grocery stores were not open on Sunday, and you went to church. But I'd go to school on Monday, and I'd not want to be a hypocrite, but I could never take a stand for God. They knew I'd go to church, but... I hung out with the cool guys. I lay in bed so often at night tormenting myself. I was so tormented. Lord, I do love you. I do really love you. I want to please you. Lord, I like this crowd over here too. I want this over here. But this over here is going to hurt my parents. And then it'd be pulled over here and then I loved those songs we'd sing in our church. And I'd drive to work and I'd listen to not rock and roll music, but music that I knew would not be appropriate for my uh, parents or for my pastor. And I knew it disappointed that they knew I was listening to music like that. You know what I was? I was double-minded. I was pulled. I honestly wanted to do Right. But I honestly wanted to do this because I thought I was missing out. I won't go through the entire testimony. You've heard it before, but I walked out of that camp, cabin. We went to Idaho for 10 days with our youth group every summer. And I walked out of that camp that night after a service, long service that evening. It was wonderful. I loved every minute of it. And I walked out of my cabin, which was just a two-story two house. that came down, it was a beautiful house. We were at the end of the property. I began to walk down a long, long gravel road. And I came to a little, small little bridge over a little creek. And I walked and passed over that. And I walked down another long gravel road and up a hill. It was dark, it was nighttime, everyone was in bed. And I knocked... Uncle Bill and Aunt Elner's, the stoppies who built the building over there, they're both with the Lord. And I knocked at his door. He came to the door and said, Jack, what's wrong? I said, I don't know Uncle Bill, but I'm having a problem. He said, well, your aunt's asleep. Can it wait till tomorrow? I said, no, it can't. He had a brand new 1966 Ford. It's a beautiful car. I... Went outside, he goes, uh, he sat behind the driver's seat and I sat away. That night, I I, I was so embarrassed. I could not tell him I was weeping. He said, Jack, I can't help you if I don't know. I said, well, I just don't know how to explain it. He tried every way. My problem is I was double-minded and I knew he loved me so much. I didn't want to tell him. I knew it hurt him to think I was so pulled over here and pulled here. I wanted this, but I still wanted this. He had prayer with me, and I can remember somewhat the prayer was something like, God, I can't help Jack. He won't really tell me what's going on, but I know he's troubled. And whatever it is, God went a victory in his life. I can't say if it was on the way back to that cabin. It was a long journey, maybe a half a mile. As I got back there, I can't say that even that night was different, but I do know the next morning when I got up, I sat on that little little tiny small little bridge where that creek was the night before. I said, God, I want you. I want you. I wish I could say I was a flaming flaming evangelist from that day forward. I didn't know how to win a soul to Christ. But I believe I could say there was a difference because I said... I don't want this, God. I do want this. I have failed so many times. The same experience happened my sophomore year in college. The day I was going to quit school and go to the Marine Corps and go to Africa, uh, go to to Vietnam. I I just thought, "I, I want that. I want that so badly. I don't want this anymore. God gave me that morning in my Bible time, Jeremiah 12, 5. That moment changed my life. Would you let God change your life? Don't be double-minded. In 2021, don't be double-minded. I love God. I love money. I love God. I love my flesh. I love God. I love my my weekends for myself. I I love God, but I don't want to work that bus route anymore. I love God, but I don't want to pray anymore. I love God but my wife is driving me crazy or my husband is driving me crazy. I don't need this kind of life. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, how can we live stable in an unstable world that just gave us seven thoughts and those seven thoughts need to be part of our life. In 2021, don't become a casualty on the journey of life.